0: Welcome to The Descent Into with Legit and Vinny, a podcast about, well, anything really. Today's
1: episode is The Descent Into K-12. through
0: So, hello Vinny, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing good. Um, heard that you're a student. We were going to be talking about education today.
1: Yeah, I mean, same with you, aren't you?
0: It's well, yes, I am technically for legal status, for legal purposes, I am. But it's more of like I'm cruising right now, so aren't we all cruising in <laughs> university? You know, um, I mean, do you even wear clothes when you go to Zoom meetings? That's the real question. Anyway, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, well, this week's Into the Descent podcast. We're gonna be talking about the American education system. Especially K,
1: specifically to... focused on K-12. through 12. Yep.
0: So we got to start somewhere. I might as well say, when the child is born, which is year zero, at what age
1: do they first have, when do they go to the official f- schooling? Like, you know. Okay, so the child doesn't start school uh, at age zero. Uh, and they, they usually start school at age five. And in some states, at age six. So, is that kindergarten
0: Kinder- or? That DK. is kindergarten, yes. Okay, so, that's kin- so they start kindergarten when they're age six or five, basically.
1: Yeah, it depends on the state, apparently. Um,
0: okay, so. The, the
1: kindergarteners I know started at age five. So, I mean, this is
0: an interesting thing. So, a lot of the stuff we'll be talking about, so you're saying it's going to vary from state to state. Is there no unifying
1: body that controls all of the educational system in America? I mean, yeah, there is the like state of the the Department of Education. It's just that the states in the United States are very autonomous. They have like a lot of independence to design their own curriculum. And this specifically plays a role for like high school students, where state by state, like what you read in English class can change a lot. Uh, What how you get taught history can change a lot, you know, different classes that are offered can change depending on the state itself oh so I feel yeah, like other this, things such as I
0: feel like this is an interesting kind of conversation once we got down to the high school levels of can we see a clear disconnect between certain states yeah okay. we can
1: talk
0: about so, it so yeah. when do you end kindergarten? if you like what like how long do you how many years do you spend in kindergarten like two years you usually two years yes and then, then you're off to elementary school. Yes, you're off to elementary school. And how, do you go to like the closest elementary school near you or can,
1: are you free to choose where you want to go? So um, it depends. Usually people just go to like the closest elementary school to them in their district. But at the same time, um, from what I understand, if there are different schools in the district, you can choose which school to send your child to, even if the... Um, the school is not the closest to you inside your district. You know what I mean? And but, at the same time, like, if you moved districts, you can try to request to have your child be transferred, but at that point in their life, it really shouldn't affect their career that much, you know? Um, but, so, is
0: there, like, is there any, like, guarantees that you'll, you'll like, because I know you have to send your kids to school, but yes, who's responsible, like, say I live in, like, very far away from, like, schooling, like, from a public school. Can I just, because then you can, can I just call it homeschooling,
1: and, like, is there something there? Homeschooling is also an option. I don't know how viable of an option it is for uh, kindergarten.
0: Okay, so, so you have to send your kid to school, but it can be
1: anywhere from homeschooling to private schools to public oh, yes, yes. okay and usually in the case of homeschool uh if i remember correctly people have to be um pe- uh, people have like the kids still have to be taught by a like licensed like professional a lot of times oh and, and like that... if, if it's like kindergarten this can be you know the mom can get a teaching license or and and also the kid would have to do work and present it to like a school or s- someone where like the government will know that the kid is doing the work it's supposed to
0: oh so I also have, and then I'm assuming this is where you can say it varies from state to state yeah yeah okay so now how
1: how long do you spend in elementary school uh, that also depends because technically elementary school can go until like fifth or sixth grade but um, or even just fourth grade and you're going to middle school, right? It's really fuzzy where middle school starts. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of the overall classification of elementary school, what ends up happening is that they just tend to classify it into elementary school and secondary school, where secondary school would be high school. So in a lot of like data stuff, uh, there isn't the breakdown between elementary school and like middle school or like primary and middle school. It's just elementary school covers like one through eighth grade. And then high school with the rest. Oh, okay. So
0: you were so you said that there, there's a split between like they can't count elementary school and middle school together as primary, but that's like a span of eight years. Yeah, and then they have secondary be high school, but that's only four years. So I'm assuming it's because they think that the for those four years are more instrumental to the eight previous
1: years. I don't know if it's like, it is because of a reason like that, or if it's honestly just like, it's been convention to do that, like that. Um, Because like, I I looked at some of the stats, right, when I was Mm -hmm. researching this, and elementary school just counts one through eight, and then secondary school counts high school, and that's just how it was classified.
0: So if we have anyone Mm -hmm. listening to this who is in ninth grade, go up to the the nearest eighth grader and just call him your
1: elementary kid. The thing is, in a lot of uh, states, it's divided, as we know, into elementary school or primary school, which is usually one through four or one through five. It depends. Then there's middle school, which is like four, five, six or five, six, seven. Right. Like any combination of these. And again, it varies even within states by district. Um, And then there's junior highs, which is usually seven and eighth or seven through ninth then high school which but high school is usually 9 through 12 but some places because they have junior high high school is just 10 11 and 12. so again this this
0: lack of unifying body and everything changing from state to state makes it complicated and obviously we can't speak for all 50 states but because it also depends on like the size of this like the building that they already have because i know for us the eighth graders were together with the high school kids the eighth graders yes so i found that very very interesting but now we're at high school and that's ninth oh, grade to middle school junior high i mean there's not much <laughs> we can say i mean it is the most kind of awkward times of your life yeah yeah but now you're in high school and like let's be honest i don't feel like we need to talk about the high school culture or like what grades to which grades because that is the most talked about and written about and shown in movies in pop culture
1: oh yeah there's a lot of that
0: Um, I mean I'm pretty sure we can all name uh, like big movies or big stories based in uh, high school Like,
1: I I recently watched a movie um, with uh, Elida about a, a dude who's 30 and remembers high school fondly and then he gets transformed into his 18 year old self and goes back to high school oh
0: was he yeah. surprised at how memories tend to be better yeah. than they actually are basically yeah I, I will simply say this if I were to go back to high school the key thing I'd enjoy the most is free time like the amount of free time you have later on in your life just gets exponentially less until you retire
1: yeah
0: but That's about it. so how, it, now that you're saying that there's like all of these differences in high schools and everything how how do how do they compare how do you co- compare educational systems say in Massachusetts and that of Florida Like, so well, different
1: states have different um like minimum requirements for high school graduation. And what varies is basically like how many years of US history you need, if you need like two or three, or like how many years of math do you need, uh, things like that. Where a lot of times there there might be minor differences, but overall people are expected to have about the same, at least have taken the same classes.
0: And these are requirements for you to graduate high school.
1: Yeah, but a lot of schools allow students to go way beyond the requirements, right? Mm-hmm. For example, in our high school, I took every math course that was offered because like, that's what I really like. Uh,
0: I also know that it, in our high school, with the history, you can take more.
1: Which... Yeah, yeah, and also in our high school, they made an exception where um, they made like AP hist- U.S. history count as two credits of U.S. history
0: Which makes sense, because it covers both classes.
1: Yeah, but it's also because if you were taking, uh, just the way our specific school works, if you're taking AP World History and AP Human Geography, you wouldn't have enough years to take two years of U.S. History if you took AP U.S. History.
0: So, I have a question here, because you started talking
1: talking about AP. What is that? Oh, God, we're getting to that. I completely forgot to talk about that. So... um, so AP stands for Advanced Placement.
0: Oh, so it's a smart kids Did class? You just... Not it, well, I do know, I do know, I'm just, you know, asking the questions. Wow, you're really asking the questions today. Yeah, but so if AP classes is like the advanced
1: class, like how do they have it split out underneath? I mean most schools have an AP class and then they either have different levels where they were actually Name it levels, right? Or they'll just have like uh, honors and then non honors other than AP. Mm-hmm. And also, it is all, like almost like a privilege to be able, like, our school had a lot of APs that were offered. Not all schools do that. Most of them have the major ones like AP Chem, AP Bio, right? AP Calc, um, AP US History. But ours had like so much.
0: Yeah, and no, I, I was, I think, every division had a. Uh... Yeah. Department so, had
1: class, AP classes. The special thing about AP classes and also IB classes, which What's... are also advanced classes.
0: Oh, I did not know about IB classes.
1: Yeah. Um, they serve the same purpose, right? They're just... IB is usually international-based. So, like, school... American high schools, but outside the U.S., uh, where they train students to go to college in the U.S., they usually take IB instead of AP courses, and oh, there's also okay. courses in the US that take IB courses. Like so, those high so it's but like, it's basically the same thing.
0: It's prepping you for high for, for university college. American university while you're abroad. Oh, I, there's a new level of complexity to this. I didn't even
1: think yeah, about. Yeah, but also even within the US, a lot of schools do offer an IB program as well. No. You
0: know, I will say this because, uh, you know, I've. We've taken our fair shows of AP classes and I just wanted yeah. your thought process on this. It's a little bit tangent to this, but do you think that AP classes create a, some sort of unfair unnecessary divide within the student base? Because I don't know about you because I when I first went to high school I was I transferred into our high school and yeah. because I transferred in middle of the year, they wouldn't allow me into any A P classes. So because they the, in the classes that they were they had the teacher on staff that day to have like a you know quick one-on-one they put me in the honors sections but there were classes where they really didn't have anyone who could test me in that moment which was like the geometry classes and everything they put me in CP2 which is technically Just the, the regular the, well course I don't think in our high school it was considered the regular. I think in our high school it was considered slightly worse because the honors was considered
1: regular. I don't know if honors was considered regular though. Because we also had CP1.
0: Well yeah, that's why I was in CP2. I was worse than that. So CP2 was... Because I've... I noticed the clear distinction of the difference in CP2 treatments of like the class compared to an honors class. Mm Mm-hmm. And it creates this kind of divide already. Well, we already know how high school has their cliques and everything. It creates an unneeded un- divide, in my opinion, too. Like because it's already tacked on to the class name itself. But now I want to talk okay. about the AP things. So, did did our school offer any financial A- uh, help to people who couldn't pay for those classes? Because you had to pay for AP classes for the exam so that's at the, the end, thing, right?
1: Uh, we didn't finish explaining it, but both oh. IB and AP courses, uh, you can take an exam at the end of the year. And then usually what happens is that if you do good in this exam, uh, on the AP exam, it's out of five. If you get a five on the exam, and it's like a comprehensive exam, it's like a final exam in, in college kind of thing. Uh, different degree of difficulty, of course. But um, if you do well, a lot of colleges accept um, credit from the course that you took in high school if it's like IB or AP and even when they don't accept credit it like furthers your chances of getting into a good college so that's why a lot of kids take it so
0: it goes back to what now goes to the point I want to say is you have to pay for that
1: does it create this you know so some schools like our school they did offer um, a certain degree of financial help for people needing to pay for the AP exam but I also think there was a pretty uh, low limit on how how much financial help they offered
0: because I remember that it was 75 dollars per class I think
1: per exam yeah
0: yeah per exam for the to the one that we did and you can you could tell that there was a slight difference because like taking is because i mean you did this you took five ap classes in junior year right
1: i did yes
0: so the first for for there are some people who they literally cannot financially afford to do that
1: no it's it's too much yeah and I, I do remember getting some help i just don't remember how much it was and i don't think it extended for like multiple years
0: and th- this is an interesting point do you think that uh This isn't a situation where you know it's it creates this financial burden for like to help those who need who can who have clearly the
1: ability to do well in this these classes, but they are. I mean, I think I think it like if the person uh can take the class, the school, especially in our case, it was a public school, so Mm -hmm. even more so, they should provide the student with financial aid to take an AP class like I think that's the bare minimum they can do honestly
0: and here, here's a controversial part I don't I, I don't think that schools first of all can afford to ta- to foot that bill but even look at the structure of our our breakfast and lunch programs
1: oh well, that's we don't need to talk about that so it's like yeah that's too much it, it it is but anyway look. on the social aspect though um in general like High school, you know how kids are. There's a lot of things that are about like social status, and everyone's hung up about everything because you know the usual hormones. Everything <laughs> happens at once and stuff as well, um, right?
0: I I bet that guy forgot about the hormones he was
1: going through when he looked at it. Looked back at it fondly. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think it does create a divide, right? Like a cultural divide inside the school between the people that do take the more, like, advanced classes and the ones that don't, and I, I think what we need, really, is, like, a shift in the culture, in, like, the perception of what it means to take these classes.
0: Um, Yeah, because right now, it it feels like it's a situation where the, uh, I'm using the word rich here, but it's not, it's just a proverb, the rich get richer.
1: I mean, it's not even... It's not even that, because like you can make the same argument for the divide between honor students and CP two students in our school.
0: Anyway, so I just I do want us to move on
1: before we just get uh, tangled up in this. So yes, but high school there's a lot of things going on. People try to prepare to go to college, especially in the U.S. Uh, there are there are public schools like the one we went to. There are private schools, uh, which are like independently run and independently. Uh, they're for-profit organizations a lot of them because they have like better control and better funding in in, in general um, they're able to hire better you know teachers um, and also because you know they have they they have a tuition it's usually people that are like middle class like upper middle class that go to these institutions.
0: and with private schools too there are some private schools that are there because they're necessary because of special
1: needs oh that's too. Yeah, yeah yeah and there's and... also like there's other divides right in the u.s like catholic schools are a big thing
0: that right? i was gonna say one of the other thing in the u.s that's it's not as i know it's a, it's a bit more popular elsewhere in other poor countries uh, boarding schools usually religious they're like, a lot of the big, big, big churches have their own schools as well. Yeah, there are still a lot of boarding
1: schools in the U.S.
0: Yeah, and uh, the other one that I was going to hit upon was... Uh, there, th- Where we are, actually, where we live, there's... One of the schools' tuition was, like, 30000 a year. Yeah. Which is... So, so, you can go from anywhere from private schools, you know, who accommodate for the cost and everything to somehow just you're paying more for your child than I would spend on like an, an entire year
1: yeah no that's for sure and like a lot of the people that go to the really good colleges come from these private schools you know and um some of them are prep schools right I mean yeah they they are their curriculum is set up in order to get students to go to um these, like, really renowned uh, universities.
0: Now, wh- how, how do they rank schools
1: in America? How do they rank schools? Like, high schools? Yeah. I do know that there's the... Um, a lot of states have the, like, state mandatory assessment. There's also the national mandatory, like, uh, assessment that they do. There's an international test they do for ranking as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, the data that I looked at is from an international, um, like, they compared schools in the US with schools outside of the US.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But even in terms, like, just comparing some of the um, best, like, high schools in the US to, in terms of curriculum, not, like, in terms of, like, number if they're better or not. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I know people that come from these, Um, like that went to these high schools that are like the private schools that are very, very um, renowned. And by the time they finished high school, they were like, they knew multiple computing languages, right? They had taken like an econ class, which in high school was optional. You didn't have to take it. Uh, They also all had at least uh, math education through calculus A, B. Which is talk, also not a reality in our school. Talk about... That's uh, almost like a whole year of uni down. Yeah, but when they when they come to the um, privileged institutions, this is like the minimum, you know? So, uh, like when they come to the universities. Like yeah, that's where it, everyone it, is at. Yeah, it's creating a super chicken coop. Kind of. there are like magnet schools, which specifically send a lot of kids to Ivy Leagues
0: interesting uh,
1: yeah it's a it's a whole thing okay so charter
0: schools so what were you what did you find that did you find anything interesting or fascinating with the you what is it, it was pisa international rankings the pisa ranking yeah do you find anything um, interesting and unique about that well i did find interesting actually, can i interject real quick on that one
1: before you start sure,
0: sure. how did they do their uh, Testing like how did like what are the criteria
1: for their ranking? Because I feel like we should talk about that a little bit. Well, they just give a test to like a reading, math, and science to okay. students in okay. like forty nations, something like that. Okay, that that seems pretty reasonable. <laughs> oh 79 countries. That's that's how many countries.
0: That's pretty um, reasonable.
1: Right. Yeah. And then. The US, the U.S. did not rank well, um, at least not as highly as we would have wanted to. And the U.S. has been stagnant for the past, I think, 20 years. Um, yeah, it says here that in reading and math, the results from 2018, uh, which is the latest PISA, is not st- statistically different for the U.S. than the results in the 2000s, so like in the early 2000s. So I think that's a big country. Like a big problem for the country.
0: Okay, so and I, I want to play a bit of devil's advocate here. Well, more like America's defender. So yeah. because I know I've done a little bit of research regarding within America itself and how the liter- even the literacy rates across states there is, why across is states. a huge margin. So these testing, are they an average of the entirety of the United States, or...? Yes. So it's an average of, like, they send it to, like, at least 50 states and then to get the average up there.
1: Yeah, they take a representative sample from the United States.
0: Okay, so, first of all, let me ask, what was, do you remember America's
1: ranking? (laughs) Before I say, like, I have no doubt that the top students in the US can go against the top students in any country right Mm -hmm. it's just overall the representative sample does not look good for the us right now
0: which is Um, which is which i do want the people to know it's like this is how big the divide in america is when you go from the you know new york massachusetts to mississippi and alabama Mississippi and Alabama notoriously do very, very poorly in national uh, rankings, but in America as well. Mm -hmm. But you you were just going to disagree
1: with me on this, right? So I was just basically pointing out that the PISA results shows that most of the variation um, in student performance is within schools, not between schools. Right Where the top people like at a school are greatly outperforming the people at the bottom of that school in these tests. and that's different than from other like countries where other countries, the school seems to determine more the performance of the student. where here the, the spread is like a lot larger within the school.
0: So would you be yeah. saying would, would I be wrong in saying that our school our school system, is failing those who are behind?
1: I feel like that's a strong claim to make. Mm -hmm. I think you can find supporting evidence for that. But um, I don't know if that's actually, like, what's happening. But I, I think this does point to something that should be further, like, looked at. You know, like, why are the people in the same school performing so differently? It could be what you said, where, like, some people get um, like AP classes or IB classes that prepare them to take tests just like this test right maybe they're better at taking these tests not even that they know more or they've done more similar work you know to what was required in the test Um, it could be that like the resources are not distributed equally between the students again because there's this divide I feel like it could be a lot of things so I just want to transition to
0: another point real quick. You said that there's not a big difference between
1: schools uh, in terms of I, I said that most of the difference is within schools. okay so there can still be a big difference in like student performance between the schools mm-hmm. but like the student that performs the best in like the worst school won't do that much different than the student that is say like average. In the bad school. Okay,
0: so would now this is where I would take my hot and controversial take. Would can I use this data to justify the the? Well, to basically not justify to can I use this data points, these statistics, to say that charter schools are unnecessary? And <laughs>
1: okay. I think, and that's I think, that's a very sleight of hand thing to do. I know, I know. <laughs> Um, And I I also think you should explain what charter schools are. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned charter schools. So charter schools, as the name suggests, are schools that are uh, funded on a charter. Right. So there's like this document that's written up about what the school sets out to do, uh, exactly how they're going to operate. And then they receive money from the state based on this charter. Um, and they usually have, um, more like freedom. So they're usually run independently and run much like a private school, but they're still fundally, federally funded. So, uh, so I have a question then if charter schools are run
0: privately, one of the key things about private school is their ability to
1: select and cherry pick who they allow when our charter schools so- allowed the same privilege. So most charter schools have to pick their students by lottery. If there is more demand, there is like spots. Mm -hmm. Um, Because usually it's specified in the charter how they can choose students. What does end up happening from what I've seen is that because the charter school um, will have like a, a greater focus in the use of their resources, because they have usually less students than the larger public schools, um a lot of students who want to go to the charter schools,
0: but yeah, so I mean, you know, I have some experience with well, not experience some more like deep rooted rivalry with the nearby charter school that was like Ro high
1: school, because yeah, the way I like to say that um <laughs> suddenly our school went from not being the best like you know say, within the next three districts around us, to not being the best in our street test-wise. Yeah.
0: And the part that, uh, because again, this might have been misinformation, but everything that I was hearing from, you know, walking down the hallways and, you know, walking home sometimes is that the our public schools funding kind of got
1: reduced. So, Uh, I don't know exactly how like how that worked but some public funding did go to the charter school obviously and in our specific case I do know that most of the students that ended up at the charter school were the students from the top of our class because like going to a charter school is usually desirable because they focus their resources because they have like less like the public school has to take care of all the students regardless of background level of knowledge you know the charter school doesn't have to do that
0: and this um, is where there was this one uh, situation where they made a big deal out of getting their first uh i think immigrant student hmm. and meanwhile I don't remember this. Uh, meanwhile our public school which was literally you know kind of up the street from them has been taking everyone for the past how many years that school has been open and this is one thing I to give defense. like this is where I'm like a little bit hazy with this all testing and like the way we have to compare schools with each other uh, I remember when talking to, I don't remember which faculty member, but saying when we were, we were having this conversation they ended up saying that because of the nature of the public school and they had to accept everyone and then they had, they have a lot of kids who came in with, who couldn't, you know, who are not fluent in the first language, in English.
1: Not even that. Uh, You run into a lot of times where, like, people come in and they have to take, say, like, algebra or geometry, right? In their first year of high school. But they they don't have the math background to do that. So it takes a lot more effort to have them, like, learn the content that's mandated by the state. Whereas if someone, like, already knows the background, they can go above and beyond in how much they cover in the year. And over the four years of high school, that makes a huge gap. And that's partly why they have the different classes, right? To make sure that students that already have some background can take the classes that are like cover more content or is more intensive. Um, but still, it's a, it's a lot.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't know, because I remember, do you remember the MCAS testing? Yes,
1: the Massachusetts
0: yeah, so during MCAS Something testing, there was like a bunch of questions on chemistry, and that was also, I think it was, was it? Yeah, no, it was the first proper year of high school for me, because the year before I was transferred in, mm-hmm. but I still had people I knew from the CP2 class from the year before, mm-hmm. and they never took a chemistry class ever. And when I was doing my sitting for MCAS, I was like, obviously, I was in a chemistry class at that point. So I was able to answer it. Mm-hmm. But what of those who are not, and so this is why I, I was a bit hesitant when we were talking about these, especially within the testing, within like ranking of schools. How, how, I mean, hmm?
1: different students also take different classes at like different years. Um, And the MCAS, I think, was every year until maybe junior year. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like in the aggregate data, you would have gotten still a good sense of what the students are learning just because you're doing it every year.
0: So, I mean, I feel like we're going to go into this bigger conversation is how is our educational system tailored
1: and yeah, like I said, it depends on, like, what was its purpose to begin with, has so it changed, what's the structure, like, I feel like that's a whole other thing. Talking to you, especially, like, in the past,
0: think, 45 minutes to an hour about this topic right now, it just, for me, it feels like our education is a manufacturing process.
1: It feels a little bit like that.
0: And... It's like, you know, you have to be here at this set time or year and these other things you need to be done. If not, you're considered, you know, a fail-slash-rejected product. Let's push you
1: down to somewhere else. I think something that you didn't explicitly mention but reflects your sentiment mm-hmm. is, like, how because the schools all have the, like, things they have to follow and then they're tested every year and their funding depends on how well they do on different assessments, right? It leaves no room for the like or little room let's say let to be fair for like the individual like creativity of the people like actually studying you know like because we we do have electives but also our electives are limited and if you're like if you're behind say in math compared to where you should be you'll probably take an extra math class or if you haven't taken a science that you need to graduate you have to take that instead of taking the elective and like that's what used to happen at our school And here's the
0: thing, too, is I feel like this is where you can you can look at this whole notion of capital, you know, where what I mean by capital is like pre like human capital, human capital. And if, you know, your parents are college graduates, all of those things, they can give you advice on like, because I know some people who just, you know, literally have miserable sophomore and junior years, then have the easiest senior year and freshman year, mm-hmm. because they will be doubling up on courses during those two years. And mm-hmm. there are ways to, you know, navigate, because, I don't know about you, but by the time I was in a senior, I only needed one class to graduate, and it was my English class, because I couldn't double up on it the year before. I
1: I only needed one class to graduate.
0: So, senior, but that wasn't what, again the other people were in, because I knew... God, uh, I you know her too, mm-hmm. I'm not going to name her name, but uh, she had to keep doing math classes till the end, and let me tell you, that person did not like math at all, and only scraped by by literally copying other people's work. That, yeah, that's another thing. Which... You know, the, the I, I can see... I understand, this. Is why I said this feels like a manufactured process, is I can see why you would want to have these, uh, you know, you have to do five years of English, four years of math, and all of those things. For you to be, like, this, this, like, desirable, productive individual. But if you're in an alternative course, and now I know that some people will come up to me and be like, no, but, you know, there are trade
1: schools that exist, and... Yeah, we forgot to mention them. They're actually a great alternative, uh, but they're, at least when we were uh, in high school, they were a little bit stigmatized, because most people, even to get, like, like, an entry-level job, need bachelor degrees now, which is not what it was intended to be, but that's just the reality of a lot of things now. And so...
0: I mean, I, I don't want to go on this tangent about how, like... It's, in some cases, it's
1: also not an option.
0: You know, we... Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, it really depends on where you live.
0: Yeah, we are in a lucky place where we did have... I mean, quote-unquote, the closest... I think our closest vocational school was still, like, 45 minutes to an hour away. Yeah. Like... I and think it's I, 40 minutes. Yeah, and that's lucky. Some places don't even have that. And, you know... The funding from school to school varies so much, and I think and the problem that I see too is because f- the funding is tied to those test scores if you do poorly, they cut your funding, and I feel like it, that's a negative feedback loop, you know mm-hmm. It's like well, now they're gonna do worse. I mean, when we were in high school, I still remember that our books were like twenty years old. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, that was not that's. That's, like, throughout the U.S., though.
0: Yeah, but you there's one point that you had in our show notes, which was foreign student dependency. I have no idea oh, yeah. what you want to mean by that, so...
1: Yeah, so I think we can end with this topic, but I just wanted to briefly touch on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is, like, the PISA results show that there's a lot that can in, can be improved in, um, in the United States education, and especially because out of the 79 countries and regions that the uh, PISA is taken at, most of those countries are countries that are uh, developed, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you would expect the U.S. to be on par with those countries. And it's still, what, like 30 out of 79 or 36 out of 79? Um, in math, in reading, it's pretty good. It's 11. But- uh,
0: so the aver- for the average of all of them, this U.S. is still... Twenty fifth. See twenty fifth. And uh, just before you go into this, I will give. I'll tell them the top ten. So it's China, Singapore, Macau, uh, Hong Kong, Estonia, Japan, Korea, Canada, Taiwan, and Finland. Damn.
1: a lot of asian countries yeah
0: yeah, a lot of asian countries but i'm not surprised because education is like
1: everything in asia
0: yeah Yeah. it's everything in asia but we're not here to talk about asian educational system sadly that can be another episode
1: it can be just to end on the foreign student independence so what's happening and this is an upward trend um and it's expected to continue going i don't have any like strong data to say this is for sure what's going to keep happening but has been happening and it's a trend um in us colleges where us colleges and universities are rated like number one in the world in like, almost every category possible right like if you take the top 10 universities in the world maybe like nine in the u.s like that's how good the american universities are but if you look at it um more and more um, international students are like going to these universities because they have a better K through twelve education system, and the percentage of American students being accepted into these universities, uh, for undergraduate as well, but especially for graduate school, is becoming like less and less over time. Um, and I thought that was just some food for thought because I feel in the long term this might be. In the long term, this is undesirable, right? Um, Your homegrown talent is being neglected. Not even that, like, you're neglecting to grow the home talent. Yeah, that's true. Like, the talent that is there is still being used. Um, It's just that, like, these other countries are creating amazing, like, education programs. And then, when they have to compete with American students, there's just no competing you know and like um i mean there's also there's also this uh i
0: mean well this is why i can say that we're talking from like a first world slash american centric point of view because for other countries they're losing these people to america with brain drain
1: yeah because in the long term they settle in the us because the industries that hire and pay well are also in the us which... i do know that india has a growing like, tech and business industry yes which has which it... has been getting some of the brain drain back um,
0: yeah. i i mean this is a bigger conversation but yeah, know we we can end it here and just leave yeah. that note that that's a good food for thought and uh all i will say is maybe you want to start being a little bit more active on your school stuff board of committees. committees and board of councils and all of those things because there's no real well we, we just stated the problem we didn't offer any solutions at all and the best thing you can do is just be aware of it and be more involved in your local things because hey it's a call to action
1: at least yeah and at the same time I feel like this isn't just the responsibility of high schoolers right like high schoolers out there still should be high schoolers and you know, have fun, play some sports. Like, you know We didn't even touch about club activities and uh that that can be its own thing. That
0: can um, truly be its own things. If you yeah. ever wanna visit uh you know, I gotta I gotta cheer for the drama club people.
1: Like they put on some decent plays. Just yeah, we we can do a separate uh segment at some point about our high school experience. Yeah, I think the descent into education is complete (laughs) and time to take off. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the descent into K
0: through 12 with Bajit and Vinny. Ignore what they said about this being titled descent into education, because I decided to stick with K through 12. If you ask why, don't. It's because I'm the editor. Tune in next time for who knows what, since I'm not even sure at this point.